Welcome back to the Michigan Bros Grow Show. Me and Scobo are joined by Spartan Grown. Uh, Spartan Grown is a local grower out of Jackson, Michigan. Spartan Grown, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm uh, a caregiver here in uh, Jackson, Michigan. Um, I started out growing probably about five years ago. And it, um, I started out in cocoa with your standard, uh, oh, I can't even remember what nutrient size you said. Three-part or something? Yeah, like your three-part. No, I was using powders because I thought I did. I, I hate the idea of paying for uh, water. So I was using Grow More. It was a thing out of uh, California. But uh, I, you know, in time, I, you know, with my research and everything, I'm always researching more and trying to adapt and change my styles. So uh, I went more towards... Uh, organic growing which i'm doing now and uh i'm just trying to push out the best medicine i can for my uh patients and trying to use it you know everything as natural as i can because you know when they have compromised immune systems you got to be careful with what you introduce themselves so absolutely i'm looking forward to talking about that a year i studied how you grow cannabis Crazy, uh, but if you look nope. into the history of the word marijuana, it gets under my skin every time I see it in public releases from our government. It's, it's a slur. <laughs> it's, it's a slur, man. It's from the yeah. 1930s with DuPont and all those cats. And right. they changed it and it became the hoogity boogity. You know what I mean? Ooh, yeah, the, exactly. you know, the reefer madness. Now, if you notice, we always call it cannabis, too. Right, right. And right. In, the be- yeah. in the beginning, it felt weird as an old 80s smoker because I oh. just called it pot. Hey man, you got any pot? You know, there's always weed for me, so right. You know, slip up and I'll say that a lot. So, but I don't do that anymore, and it's because this is the only medicine I use, dude. I'm an old veteran, and I'm all fucked up. And you know what? My garden is what's basically keeping me alive. I couldn't do the job that I do if I didn't have my own meds. I I played that game of trying to source my own shit for years. Sometimes they got Mm -hmm. it, sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's bullshit. You know, so I started growing in 2012 and I consider myself an average grower at best. I make a lot of fucking mistakes, but when people see my garden, they're like, oh, wow, man, that's fucking cool. And I think to myself, <laughs> wow, I'm a real shitbag fucking grower, man. I wish people didn't know. But, that's, you know, I'm it, the same way, man. It, it, yeah, you just, you're always kind of harsh on yourself. Yeah. And uh, I'm really excited because, it, you know, sequences is cocoa and I am trying to go organic one thing we never do is we never go at odds over each other's uh, methodology or anything it's really nice right and so like this show us being able to talk about you know whatever you want i'm thinking we've got three or four different fucking avenues that we could talk about with you and it's just a matter of which one you want to go down because you've 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 introduced a lot of things to us right now that we're like wow i I, we could do this show or we could look at c sequence over there nodding he knows what's up i have to record on because there was gems popping up here and there and i just wanted them just do it yeah yeah like i like i'm not i'm not here to push really a message uh so much um honestly but um yeah i definitely have strong opinions on all these things as you you heard but um yeah but you're not a negative dude What's that? I said you're not a negative guy, though. You oh, can be right. opinionated, but you're not an asshole, yeah. and you're not negative. So that right. sounds you're like informed. it's 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 yeah. relative to the community. Yeah, you're right. coming up with an opinion, and it's one that is actually relevant because it's from an informed perspective. Yeah, and I do I do like to think that the yeah I think the important message, um, above all, I think is as far as as far as caregivers go, and you know that's kind of what I'm representing as a caregiver, although. 
soon that might be going away. I might be having the, my wife be the caregiver because it uh, looks like a friend that I've actually met through Instagram in the Do Grow show is has a local, works for a local grow and might be uh, right now at a part-time basis, but uh, they might uh, bring me in, in there as a job. And if that happens, if you work for a grow, you have to give up your caregiver license, which I think is a ridiculous law, but uh, I can see where they think there might be a, an issue uh, with caregivers working for commercial grows, I guess. Well, let me say congratulations on the, yeah, even great. if it's only part-time position, dude, that's yeah. a dream cushy position. So good yeah. job. Yeah, thank Congrats, you, man. I'm trying thank to get you. to the same yeah. place. And uh, I would wonder if you can grow rec plants. Do you still have 12 rec plants? I can still, I, I still, as a 21 or older citizen of Michigan, I'm allowed 12 recreational plants. Yes. The issue with the state is, is that the law states is as a caregiver, the only one that can have access to the, those plants, the, ca the caregiver plants, is the caregiver themselves or the patients that they're attached to. So technically speaking, if I get a, not technically speaking, by the law, if I get a uh, grow job, I'll be in breach of the law if I'm in the grow room at right. home. Yeah, yeah. If I have a separate grow room in my home with 12 plants in it and they say, okay, that's my grow room, I have the key to that one. Yeah, she, she has the key to this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, then that's how you comply. So that that's a pain in the butt, but it's doable. I have a tent sitting right outside this grow room here, so that could be my grill. You know, and then hers can be from this wall over. And I built all this myself. And I also part of that year of researching how to how to grow good quality cannabis because it was for medical. You know, so I wanted to have good quality so that it would be medicinal. It's another joke to me about the whole medicinal recreational divisions in our law even if you're smoking marijuana recreationally you're getting a medical benefit from it so who are we joking here with medical rec and recreational other than a money grab by the state that's right. another topic entirely <laughs> but right. yeah, everything from this wall over was all built by me i wired it myself by watching youtube videos crazy enough as that sounds so i learned how to wire do my own electricity because secrecy man even though it's legal you don't want people to know that you're growing in your area because it's a security risk Yep. And the federal government does not allow you to have a firearm on your property where there's uh, these plants growing. So that would be a felony that they could come in. The federal government could come and bust you for. And people have up in Grayling been busted for having a completely legal grow. But because they had a 22 in their upstairs uh, closet, they're in breach of federal law having a controlled substance on the property of a firearm. And they go to jail for it. Right. So it's a throwback from those black market days and the old yeah. prohibition days, man. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to also be a lawyer as a caregiver because you, you got to keep up on these laws and know what you're doing because, you know, you're providing for your family, too. I mean, it's another job. Don't let people fool you. It's another job. We're so. all the time sharing lawyer updates about law <laughs> in Michigan because it's changing every week. Yeah, and I appreciate even that update you put up today about you got the email from High Times. I was like, what? They moved it back an hour. And then I, then it came in my email. I was like, oh, man, you guys are on it. <laughs> hey, man, I, I seen it and I was like, man, I better put this shit up, man. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, awesome. Well, it, like I said, we, it, it, we can pregame a little bit longer if we choose to. But, you know, you don't okay. want people getting in a sour mood and, you know, people start right. getting riled up about, you know, those long ass lines. Anyway, I have no idea <laughs> yeah. how long those lines are going to be this time. This is the first truly legal recreational yeah, high I, times cannabis cup in michigan kush stock yeah. was a huge fucking outpouring of people and that was during a storm and you know <laughs> doesn't have the brand yeah. appeal yet so i can't yeah. imagine what this is going to be like in sunny balmy june 
that's the thing, man. If it wasn't a canvas cup, I would be the far, farthest place from it because that's not my scene, man. I don't like huge crowds. I don't like bumping into people. But I think at the canvas cup, it's going to be different. I think uh, I think it's probably going to be, bit, like you said, if Kushstock was any indication, uh, I didn't go to Kushstock because when I saw the, the <laughs> when I saw the forecast, I've been to oh man, three, three cups up there in the ring, sure. and I was like. No. <laughs> it was most vendors sold out in like a were they sell everybody's selling out in like an hour two hours they're saying the vendors up there oh they're like, no, selling out didn't experience product. that no no there oh, was no? a big okay. problem with the canopies flying away and all that types of stuff <laughs> oh no way man no fun what was it detroit uh man detroit slab labs his canopy flew away that dude was in a sour oh. mood and he packed up early oh man that. Those things aren't cheap, man. They're not cheap. Oh. And then you're gonna pay was it ten grand? Oh, I don't know about Kushstock, but ten grand at a high times cup for a booth for a small one. That's crazy, man. I yeah, think but you have to realize much cheaper. Realize how yeah. many people are gonna walk by those booths. Oh yeah. I mean, we're talking about oh. thousands and thousands and thousands of people, man. Like that's yeah. that's what I have. You been to a cup before? I've I've only missed one, and that was the very first one. I've been to every other one. Oh hell yeah! Then you're a fucking yeah. old school dude at this. Then, yeah, so you yeah, go for the genetics. What's that? I said you go for the genetics. Then, no, I started my first, my first, the first one I went to. I legitimately went there for genetics, and um, I found uh, a company out of Detroit. I, man, I wish I remember it was now. It was a long time ago. But anyways. They had a couple clones, and I got it was my very first clone I ever bought. was a, It was a Buddha cheese, and then another one called a sticky cheese. And I was like, okay, well, cheesing it up. And uh, <laughs> they didn't have a lot of samples. Yeah, <laughs> cheesy cheesy yeah. does. <laughs> I started out super cheesy, man. And then, uh, and then uh, I came around a corner, and I kid you, this was an awesome story. So I came around a corner to a booth, and I walked past it at first. And my wife turned to me and she had said, uh, she said, uh, hey, uh, I'm pretty sure that guy right there looks really familiar. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, OK, whatever. She's like, no, no, he's really familiar. So we ended up walking around. We came back through. Well, I stopped there and I talked to the guy. And as soon as I started to talk to him, got, you know, face to face with him, I saw he was a guy I went to school with. You know, he was in my class and he was there selling seeds. And he has a, a genetic company here in Michigan. It's called uh, Average Joe's Genetics. And uh, he hooked me up with, oh, he just gave me a great, I mean, he gave me, I bought like uh, two or three packs, but he threw in like probably more than I bought and uh, hooked me up with some great, one of those, the strain I was talking to you earlier about the best outdoor strain I ever grew is called um, Headlights. It was uh, Head, uh, <laughs> Northern Light, it was, yeah, Headband times Northern Lights. And it, it's just such an awesome plant outdoors, just this, like, arms cold is like arms it was just just ridiculously awesome productive plant and it uh unfortunately it had the old school i don't know if you ever smelled the old school strain called cat piss but it smelled if it cured for a long cure you get the cat piss smell and you're thinking Jinx proof has been breeding with cat piss recently oh at least you? a limited edition yeah oh i didn't know that that's cool but yeah, it smelled just it smelled just like and that's what it smells like is cat piss. And you think that's nobody's gonna buy that crap well until they smoke it. <laughs> until they smoke it. And then everything just melts away and you're just couch locked for the next hour or two. 
It's like when you tell people you got some fresh bud that's so good that when you inhale deeply, it makes you want to throw up. (laughs) You sure you want that? And you're like, yes. My uh, my good friend, my best friend, uh, he tells me, I want the stuff that feels like they just punched you in the chest. (laughs) That's how I know it's good. (laughs) Brings a tear to your eye. It's like the chest expansion for me. That's what I call it. It just feels like an expansion for me. It's just like, and then it also I have a hard time like catching my breath afterwards. It's just like, whoa, I got to take real shallow breaths. It seems like that's the one that then I know that something's going to hit me hard. You got to remember that you're not coughing. You're not trying. No, I, 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 I make it a point to try not to cough. <laughs> it doesn't always work. <laughs> it doesn't always work. But my, most of the time, I'm pretty good. My friends and family call me the COPD ninja for I can't take a hit without coughing, man. So <laughs> yeah, I, I feel so bad when I go to the cup. You know, I, I obviously I've really damaged my lungs through the years, and uh, yeah. I so I can't do like big dabs or anything. I, I can just use oh, a little yeah. tiny nectar collector with a straw and shit, and they'll be like, "Oh, yeah. dude, here, do this dab," and I'm just like, <laughs> "Dad, just killed." I'm like, "Oh my god, this is so much." <laughs> And I, I'm like, man, I wish I wouldn't have smoked cigarettes so many years so I could have really blown my lungs out yeah. a little bit better with that quality yeah, rosin, you know? <laughs> I'm the yeah. exact opposite. Yeah. I kept going to the wish booth, and the lady's like, how much wax do you want? I said, just as much as you want to do. Dude, like, you were like a fat kid at Sam's like, Club. You just kept circling and coming back around. Yeah. <laughs> I kept going to the same spot. It's like, can I get a VIP pass? Just let me cut this line out of the way. Shout out to Wish <laughs> Premium. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, I don't. I don't even have a rig, so I, I told myself I'm not buying a rig until I get a rosin press. I need the ros- I need to. If I get a rosin press, I have to buy a rig. You know what? What am I going to do? That's so uh, I'm not really into dabbing. If someone offers me one and there's a rig right there, boom, I will take that dab every time. But uh, yeah, I haven't had the pleasure of uh, being a big dabber yet. I'm just a flower guy for now. So you tell me, you said that you were going to look at that. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that if you are saying that you're looking at these things, is there anything that you've got your eye on right now? Looking at which things are we talking? Uh, for like a press. Oh, what? Actually, I'm looking at. There's two options right now. Um, you got your do-it-yourself, which is are going to save me a good amount of money. Probably um, half, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like a um, green jeans one. At, I was looking at doing a uh, on the Dude Grows the Dude Grows podcast. They have their own webpage. It's DudeGrows.com, I believe. And uh, yeah, DudeGrows.com. And uh, Soup the Gardener is one of the guys that comments a lot on the on the message boards that they have. And he put up a, uh, a step-by-step how he built his. And what was cool about his write-up was that he gives you options. He's like, okay, first thing you need is a, uh, um, you know, a jack, you know, so, some way to make the press happen. Okay, you could go hydraulic, which is this expensive. You could go this that you can get at, you know, Harbor Freight. Or you can go this that you can get from this webpage, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, okay, now you need some plates. You can go this, you can go this, you can go this, you know? And then he goes, okay, now you need the, you know, controller, you know? And he, he walks through each one and gives you options. So you can kind of plug and play where, what works for you kind of thing. So I was kind of going to just cheat and, and go up his thing and just start picking through the ones that I liked. So you got that way. And you're looking between, I think it was six to $1,200 that route, depending on what options you went with. And then, um, my other option was was they have uh, uh, a relationship with newvape.com, which has uh, either pieces to buy, you know, like the plates or the whatever, 
or uh, actual presses already built. So I could order one already built by them and use the Dubro's discount, which is like 10% off, but it's still, I mean, you're talking, you're talking, Funny. you're over a thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're over a thousand. I mean, you're talking, yeah, you're talking like two, three thousand. So I'm like, eh. And then uh, Pedro was really, really, really convincing me uh, from Pedro's bedroom with his videos and stuff to go the le- low template route. Uh, and they had some stuff on their webpage that was in the, it was cheaper than new vape. So there's, it was getting to the point. So I, I could look it back up again, but I think it was uh, right in the neighborhood of 2000 or maybe just a shade, shade under 2000 for uh, a small. That's something I learned too, is unless you're like a big commercial guy, you don't want the big plates. You want the actually the smallest plate possible um, because the longer the rods and touches that plate, the longer it's exposed to heat and you're changing your color that way. You're changing your quality, perceived quality by, you know, your hey, bag of peel, hey. I guess you want to call it. Your terps, you're burning your terps off. They're volatile. hundred percent. Yeah, your terps. Some of them have really super low boiling points, so you're boiling up, to, boiling off terps. Exactly, hundred percent right. That's why soup on and his he was recommending he he went with like little two inch circles. They weren't the triangle or they weren't the rectangles. They're circles, and uh, he packs his bags. He calls it bag tech or something. And 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 cylinders. They look like almost like rolled pennies or rolled quarters. You know. And he just does a squish like that in his circle, and he just puts the uh, paper all the way around so that the rosin go any which way it wants. It doesn't have to travel only to the front or only to the sides. It can go any way, and it's going to be caught by his paper, but it's going to get off those plates super fast because it's only a two-inch circle. So it's only got to go two inches at most. Yeah, I've pressed rosin yeah. before, so I, I have some experience with it, and I would say that that's a pretty clever idea. I've always wanted to try, but I never have. I've never even tried like the ghetto hair straightener way, and it's like See, I don't know. I did try, I did try that. My first bud got nothing. I'm like I'm not squishing another bud. I'm smoking it. This is dumb. <laughs> so I just did. I don't know if it was heat, temperature, whatever, or pressure wasn't. I don't know what it was, but I was like, no, I'm not ruining any more bud. I'm just gonna smoke it. This is well. One thing about ruining. one thing about rosin that really particularly interests me is the fact that you're not adding anything to it. You're just simply taking it from the plant. So it's it, it yeah. in theory to me, it would be the cleanest way that I could partake my medicine. I mean, there's probably other ways yeah. that are super cleaner, and somebody's going to jump out of the bushes and point a finger and say, "No, you're wrong. Here's what you're supposed to say." Yeah. But for my just my standpoint as like somebody on the outside looking in, um, yeah. it's it's, it's interesting. Super, yeah, it's definitely. And on top of cleanliness is the um, safety of it. You know what I mean? You're not doing crazy stuff like these kids out there open blasting in PVC pipes, you know, stuff like that. You know, you're not using super volatile chemicals. You're, you're just using a little bit of heat pressure. And if you're really a connoisseur and wanting to get the best quality, you're trying to use the lowest amount of heat as possible, you know, and you're just using pressure to basically just mechanically, you know, do that separation. Um, the only thing I would say would be cleaner would be either the uh, well the cleanest would probably be dry sift because you're right. not even introducing water at that point and it's just a mechanical it's just a mechanical separation through a screen you know so that's probably going to be the like you said like no outside influences no you know that's probably going to be your most uh, as an extract probably your most cleanest as far as when we say clean if we're talking about you know, just the there be plant material, but there won't be any added anything. Nothing's added, like you said. Is you know, it's the, the fancy term. Dry, 
the fancy term is unadulterated. Ooh. There you go. Yeah, unadulterated. Yeah, unadulterated. Perfect. So it would be Makes dry sift. Then I would say. Then I would say bubble. I would say bubble after dry sift. Then I would say rosin. You're right. But see, there's that guy in the bushes. Told you about him. And in general, <laughs> you know, I, I can't keep my mouth shut on stuff, man. If you if you bring something up, my ears turn red, and I gotta talk. <laughs> so in general, most rosin guys don't press flour anymore. They the extract you get really isn't that great, and the yield and all that stuff. But um, not by not that great. Are you rosin is amazing. The consistency no. isn't that great. The yield isn't there; isn't as great as it is once you uh, make that same flour in the hash. Okay. Yeah, I know the hash would. I mean, it just makes sense when you're using an extract to when you're pressing an extract rather than pressing just the flour. Yeah, you're going to get way better returns. But I, yeah, I was just wondering as far as I wouldn't mind that I had a lower return with a flour, and I would still press a flour if I could still get the same quality at the end, but you're saying even the quality is different. The consistency would be different. The quality would be similar, but like when okay. you press a flower, you get more like a, uh, it's like a runnier, cause there's moisture to it. It's it like hasn't been buttered up. It's more fresh, more. Yeah. So you're getting water. You probably, yeah, you're you're probably water. Water. yeah. And it's, that's not a great thing. So I see. Okay. I know so, the, best, the best concentrate I've ever smoked in my entire life is for girlies Clementine. And every time I go to the cup, it's usually sold out. But if it's not, I buy it. And I would suggest you guys do the same. It's it's like you just took a huge mouthful of Clementines in your mouth and smashed them. It's just it's amazing. I want yeah, to I got to go see him. I, I planned on seeing him at the cup. Uh, definitely. I spoke with him the last time at the cup in the fall. Super nice guy, man. And, yeah. uh, you know, so I know him from watching the, yeah, I mean, I remember watching him on the grow channel. And, yeah. And he's just, he's a genuine dude. And he's yeah. another one that we're, you know, in the process of getting on here because that's, cool. hey, that's what we're doing, man. Yeah. I want to, I want to go see med grower and I want to approach him and, you know, I because talk, man, if, you want them, if you want my, in my opinion, the big heavy hitters in, in Michigan, you got med grower. He's, he's my, he's my, I'm a fanboy there. Yeah. Even though even though he's a U of M fan, <laughs> I still love, him. love that dude. He let me test his primal punch, man, and uh, he didn't have to do that. He I learned a lot about growing from you. Yeah, me too. And for him, to the guy that I watched and learned how to grow, yeah, to get a hold of me on Instagram and ask me, "Hey, you gonna be at the cup? I'm not gonna be there, but I sent something with Vader from Ocean Growing." Uh, with your name on it and i show up and it says you know primal punch before it was even released yep. i mean what, what, what can you do man be forever a fan forever a fan you know so and so to, to my knowledge i don't know how to see when i see him with a couple i'll have to ask him but to my knowledge i'm the only one that's uh or not the only i've got the highest posted test result for primal punch so far so so right. <laughs> there's my little feather in my cap right there i got the interesting question that we can jump off of that because we are in michigan is who did you use to test your product because we've never even discussed who even offers that service in michigan yet for our listeners but all of my patients were already um i've met organically which means my patients i've met in person and i know them and i know their condition and I know what their needs are. Um, it's important to me because if there ever becomes any question um, legally, in my eyes, uh, by the state, 
Um, any patient can call on me to supply any evidence they need in any case. So I want to, if I'm called upon by the state, they're like, you know, I could foresee them saying, hey, you say this is your caregiver. Well, let's see. Do they really know you? Do they really know you? You know, because you do see a lot of caregivers in the business um, that are it, that seem to do it for the money more than the patients. And I'm not trying to poo-poo on them as far as, you know, if they're providing a good product and the patients are still getting medicine and it's working for the patients and they're not leaving them, that means it's an okay deal. I, um, I just approach it a different way. And that's so for me, when people reach out to me that I've never talked to before, I, I have a hard time bringing them on as a patient. If I have room right now, the biggest problem is having room you fill up your card pretty quick. Yeah, the um, same thing. There's a huge epidemic in the legal market right now. I don't know how many dispensaries you've been in uh, looking through the flower. But can a, you go into a, a dispensary bunch. and find, can you go into dispensary and find a flower that doesn't look like it's been laying on the ground for the last week and it's super dried out and it's going to turn into a a ball of <laughs> hairs and <laughs> who knows what else is left? I mean, uh, yeah, uh, I'm from I'm from Jackson, so I only get to see what's going on around here in Jackson. And there's a lot of dispensaries around here for the smallness of our town, relatively to like something like Lansing or Detroit or right. even Ann Arbor. And all the ones like I leave disappointed. I leave disappointed. I, you know, it's funny. I've talked about this at length before, but I always, you know, because being by Detroit, uh, I usually just go along eight mile. And no. a, a lot of times there'll be a really big selection to choose from on like the straight flower. And then of course they have, you know, all the medis and uh, your, your concentrates and stuff, but just going on the flower alone, uh, it's like, I use it as a way to pre-sample something and think like, well, if this worked for me, would this be something I'd want to look into getting a clone or buying seeds of or something like that? So, but that goes That's back great. to that patient thing, you know what I mean? And then you're not really getting a, an honest representation. You might need to sample that plant several times and say, well, you know what? Right. Sour diesel does kick ass for me. This one didn't do yeah. it, but these other three did. So yeah, man, that's medicine for me. That's yeah. And that's, that's, and another thing to just tag on and piggyback on the back of that is, is a lot of people don't understand that, hey, the different strains react differently. You know, cannabis isn't cannabis isn't cannabis isn't cannabis. A hundred percent agree with you there. And then to piggyback on that, even you have to realize that everybody's everybody's physiological, each person themselves are different. So how, if you find something that works really great for you for, uh, we'll say arthritic knee pain, and I have arthritic knee pain, I can't assume that it's gonna work for me. It might, it might be a good one to try. Well, we, just because because my body chemistry is different than yours, but it's going to you know, see what I'm saying. So yeah. don't be discouraged, people out there. You know, if somebody tells you this worked really good for my particular case of something that you have, you should try the same thing. And it doesn't work for you. Don't give up on cannabis. Give up on that strain. Well, Find another strain. It's it's funny. I always we, we talk about the community in this and there's a there's a sect of the community that I really have to admit it just it irks the shit out of me. And there's a there's a part of the community that people that just want to smoke anything. They don't care. They don't care what it is. They don't care if it's got a name. It, a lot of times, yeah. you know, it's like I get it, man. But yeah. I, I have a hard time because I even though I've smoked for uh, 33 years, mm -hmm. um, I still approach it from like a medicinal thing because it's what's helping me get through. And I think to myself, I wouldn't just blindly reach into the medicine cabinet and just start taking pills and hope I feel better. You know, I have a headache, but you know, oh, I just took some Imodium AD. Well, you know, hey, yeah. there you go. Uh, but 
I feel like you should be educated because we do all have different endocannabinoid systems and we all will have a different uh, subtle reaction to these strains. I'm not saying that one's going to be up for one and down for the other one. I mean, that I guess that could possibly be the case, but you just have to try it. And that's where being a home grower, once you find something that works that you've cultivated, you can keep cloning it in perpetuity and just keep yeah. running it. You know what I mean? And then yeah. maybe if you decide you want to enterprise a little bit, you may buy a $50 tent on eBay, buy a cheap $100 light and try to do some breeding with something mm -hmm. else that you have. So you have, you know, plant A is good for your knee pain and plant B is good for your nausea, you know? Yeah. Or if, you wanted to be, or if you wanted to really save money, you could, uh, if you wanted to try to start breeding, you had a male picked out and you had a female picked out, wait till summertime, throw them outside somewhere. Right. You know what, I mean? what do you have to lose? Just let, let mother nature sort it out. out. Heck yeah. <laughs> you know, that's an old trick that works wonders if you have a plant that's struggling you just can't figure out what the heck is going on with this plant a lot of the time if you just take that pot you're not you're stuck within your beds i'm sorry about this but you can just take your pot pick it up and take it outside and let it get some sun if it's not freezing cold out but take take it outside and just let it get some sun it is amazing how that plant will perk up under that sun there's something about mother nature in the sun i'm telling you that we can't reproduce inside even with leds i like the leds i love the leds but they're not the sun i can tell I gotta, you i grow i grow outdoors they're different i get different i've tested them at sci labs i have better test results outdoor ground than i do indoor it looks terrible as far as it's not photogenic really um, so you things. said sci labs that's who you're using to do your testing yeah, yeah. okay yeah. can yeah, you run me through that yeah. Um, what I do, they have a, a weird price. You know, I really just dislike companies that don't just make their pricing available easily. Like when I go to your website, I should be able to find prices within the minute. If, if it takes me longer than five, 10 minutes, I'm, that's my only complaint about Scilabs. Okay. So um, it takes forever to figure out how things cost, unless you just go in there and they hand you a pamphlet and say, here, here's what it is. I'm like, put this on your webpage, please. So, um, it's the best option to get a 10 pack, they call it. You you pay uh, a higher amount, but it's uh, less per test. You know, So instead of paying for one test at a time, I get a 10 pack every time. Um, and what that 10 pack gives me is just basic cannabinoid testing. So they'll test the THC, the CBD, and I think there's three others. I'm looking over here because I got all my stuff written up over here, but uh, I don't have those numbers written down. I don't have a test result right here in front of me. That's okay. But they do, they do keep it they do keep it online for you. So I could go and access my results, uh, all my results I've ever had there, uh, to, you know, online. And, uh, I can, um, you know, they even take a picture of the product that you bring in. So, uh, and then they take a macro picture of what you bring in. So you have to bring in one gram for flower samples. So you bring in the one gram and make sure it's labeled. So they know what strain it is or whatever you're calling it. You don't have to name the strain name. You can just say one, two, three, four, five, if you wanted to, it doesn't matter. Right. And, um, so you, you bring in your one gram sample. I, I wish I could give you pricing, but I don't know it off the top of my head. <laughs> um, I want to say it was a couple, I know it was, I think it was under $200, but it was a hundred something for the 10 tests. I think it, it comes out to about 10 to $15 a test, something in that neighborhood. If you get the bulk, the 10 of them. And that, that will wear out in a year. So if you don't use your, your 10 tests, um, then you lose them. So Make sure you use them. That's why I have up here I've got written how many tests I have remaining. Right now I have nine tests remaining because I just re-upped there. So 
I make sure I use those up in the year. Um, well, let me say thanks to you first and foremost, because let me just do an illustration for the listener. I'm a patient. I know what's wrong with me. I have back problems and I have PTSD and I've got go for syndrome. So I know what works for me. So I can go online and I can look at his results and I can say, oh my gosh, look, this is exactly what I need. It's testing high in this bang. So now yeah. I can get tailor-made meds that are consistently cloned and I've got a reliable source and access to my medicine. That's a win-win. Thank yeah. you so much for doing that for your patients, dude. Good looking yeah, no out. Problem, man. Thanks. I try, I mean, I would love to be able to, but they do have other services. You know, they have tons of different tests that are available and I, I get just the basic so I can at least have the um, information for the basic cannabinoids, you know, the major ones that, that make the most difference. I don't get, unfortunately, the minor cannabinoids. Um, that one is way more expensive. And um, I just, I don't want to pass that expense on to my patient. It's not, I don't think, I don't think it's worth, I don't think it was something that they'd be willing to pay. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they want to pay those prices. Um, so I'm saving them money there. And I haven't had any complaints. You know what I'm saying? So if I was starting to get complaints or something, I would go that route to try to get better results at the end. You know, I, I want to make my patients happy at the end because that's why I'm doing this. That's what, why I'm a caregiver, you know? So, you know, I appreciate you. I appreciate you uh, saying that. Hey man, that's what, that's what we gotta be. Realize, you know, a lot of people don't realize how, how much, yes, you can be, yes, you can be a, you know, mediocre grower. Yes. You can be a terrible grower and yes, you can be a very good grower or you could be an anal grower or you could take it a little bit too far and go nuts with it. But, all in all, it's all work. And um, some people forget that, you know, even in farming itself, you know, even if we're not talking about cannabis, if you look at any thing that can be grown, the farmer is usually the guy getting paid the least <laughs> at the end. And doing the heavy lifting. Yeah. And doing all the work. So, you know, I don't want to say poor me cannabis farmer, but I'm saying, you know, don't think it's easy. <laughs> you know, everybody says, Oh, it's going wreck. Are you, you know, what's, what are you going to do now? I said, I'm not worried. I don't, I turn people away. You know, I'm, I'm not worried. People realize some people are going to realize that they don't realize it already, that this isn't something I can devote five minutes of my day to and get super awesome results. You know, you're going to get okay results. Maybe, you know, there's so many factors. And that's what makes this so hard at a medicinal aspect is that like what you said, like I found a strain that works for me and, you know, I looked at these test results and it says that those are good for um, this disease. Um, that's still not a guarantee because, you know, they're using test results of people smoking a um, certain cannabinoid profile profile. Um, but they've only tested for, who knows how many cannabinoids so they're saying that linenol you know which smells like lilacs, lavender. Yeah, lavender 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 you know is good for inflammation yeah but because so lavender is good for inflammation the linalool itself yeah. is the es essential essence and that's i know all yeah. this because i use all that topical crazy essential oil okay. shit so speaking my but language man. awesome so great so we know we know that, that is um for good for inflammation absolutely uh, we also know that CBD is good for inflammation. So I guess what I'm trying to say is don't get on the, I think too many times people get caught up in one 
component of cannabis, but I think the real power of cannabis is the full plant medicine. And it's really my specialty um, because I saw a need in the end. Um, the need is not being filled because it's not profitable. And the need is for uh, most people know by RSO. I call it FICO because um, it's that stands for full extract cannabis oil. And the difference is, is RSO stands for Rick Simpson's oil. And the process is very similar, but the difference is it's just a solvent that's used. Um, I use organic non-GMO ethanol, which is alcohol. Everclear? Uh, no, I just use 190. Uh, I, I mean, I, I could, I would use Everclear if I could get 190 here, but you have to order it in the mail. So I just get whatever I can on Amazon. Usually the extractor, all I, no, no, that's not what I was. The X Factor or something. I can't remember what it was I ordered last. But I really just look price wise, and, and I just look for if if you, if you tell me it's organic, if you tell me it's uh, non GMO, I don't need the 200 proof because fun fact, if you take an alcohol that's 200 proof and you open the cap as soon as it's exposed to air, it sucks any moisture out of the air and becomes 190 proof. So you're wasting your money unless you have some closed loop system and way of pouring it in real quick or something. So, but I use 190 proof. Uh, Organic ethanol, whereas RSO, uh, Rick Simpson used naphtha, which is kind of shaky on whether it's um, good. He says it's not a big deal because you boil it all off. Well, I'd rather right. be safe with everything that's involved is still safe, you know. <laughs> so because I naphtha is not potable. Yes, exactly. And I use in in the. Uh, are you guys familiar with the extraction process? You basically are just doing an alcohol wash. I use a magic butter machine to do all of my tinctures. So, yeah. Okay. So, you're similar. So, um, the only difference that I may do then from you is, is I keep everything as cold as possible mm -hmm. because then you pull, pull out less of that chlorophyll. Um, right. you're, it doesn't, doesn't their turn is green and it's not as terrible tasting. It's really just for the taste. Um, and I like my medicine seems more potent because the weight isn't including chlorophyll, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, but um so yeah i just do an alcohol wash i i just put them in the freezer the alcohol is cold and frozen and the uh the trim itself is frozen or the butt or whatever i'm using shake it and a couple then, times a day no no i <laughs> yeah i this i i take a a gallon ziploc bag which is way easier take a gallon ziploc bag put my trim in there actually i, I store my trim in ziploc bags in the freezer anyway pull it out it's um Oh, it's also been decarved. I forgot to say that. I decarved it first because I'm going for uh, a little recreational fun too with my medicine. <laughs> so I decarved it. Then that way I make sure it's all fully decarved because in the in the cooking off of the alcohol, you're going to do decarving, but you're not. It's possible you're not going to decarb it all. I would like to make sure. So I decarb it in the oven 220 for about a half hour. My trim. Then it's frozen. I now that's dried. Is that dried trim or is that green trim? I dry trim, so I don't. I don't ever wet trim. Okay. I dry trim. I used to be a wet trimmer for years, but then I tried dry trimming several times. At first, I didn't like it, but then I realized that I'm getting way better terps, way better because it's drying the full plant. You're letting it dry completely, so it's drying super slow. You're getting a better cure. I did for me in my situation the way I dry it. So um, I went from wet trim to dry trim because by trimming it wet. It was drying too quickly for me. So by dry trimming, I've solved that problem without having to cost me anything by buying equipment to try to control atmosphere and stuff. So it's dry trim, 
throw it in a freezer bag after it's been decarved. Pour my alcohol in so it covers the trim. Ziploc seal it, shake it a little bit like you were saying, put it in the freezer, and I don't like to soak it for any longer than a day. And sometimes it might just be a few hours because you get like 80 to 90% of those trichomes off of that because for one, they've been in the freezer, they're brittle. For two, the alcohol is frozen, so it's going to be cold, so they're not going to heat up to become sticky. So you dump that alcohol in there, and just the movement of it when I'm shaking it there at the beginning is breaking off. I think I heard a stat, it was 95, but I'll say 90 to be safe. 90% of the trichomes right there. So then the extended soak, you know, if I think about it when I'm near the freezer, I might open it up and mess with it a little bit, shake it, like you said, two, three times a day. But uh, I'm normally only doing 12-hour soaks. And that's a long soak for me. Sometimes I do less if I'm in a hurry. And then I will pour that in a Bruckner funnel. Do you know what that is? It's like a, you know, it's a funnel that you has a, you can put filter papers in them. It's like a laboratory thing, right? Yeah. Yep. And then it plugs into a beaker that has a little side thing on it that you can hook to an air compressor. So it sucks, sucks the water through. So you're not sitting there forever waiting for this stuff to filter because otherwise it takes forever like coffee, even through a coffee filter, there's such a fine mesh that it takes forever to filter. So I just got that little setup on, it was an Amazon setup. You got it all together and I hook it to my, have you guys ever heard of the source extract craft? Yeah. Yeah. I hook it up to the, it's got a little uh, output on the, if you take all the glassware off and move it off to the side, there's the little vacuum pump port sitting there. So I just put my tube over top of that vacuum pump and I, and I start the machine so it starts vacuuming so it'll suck air through that tube and suck and do my filtering for me so you're filtering it when it's still cold you're getting that plant material out while it's still cold so that plant material never has a chance to warm up and release all its chlorophyll and you're using the buckner funnel to just do a fast filtering faster filtering mm-hmm. i don't do it fast it's a lot of money <laughs> is it I don't. Ex- I think I made it paid ten bucks or something for it. No, I'm saying the extract craft. That's six hundred bucks on that one. Oh, I got it when they first launched, and I got it for cheaper. I think they had to like a two hundred dollars off or something. I think I only paid four to five hundred dollars for it. Those but are sweet. Those are it sweet. Was for a personal reason, because I have um, my uncle right now is actually fighting pancreatic cancer, and they gave him at the time they gave him uh, in January. They told him he had about a month to live. He had stage four pancreatic cancer. Uh I said to him, I said, doctors don't can't don't know your expiration date. I said, I got your cure. Don't you worry about it. So I just made him some RSO in the extract craft. Uh, the beauty about the extract craft, and it is a lot of money, like you said, but when you see the price of alcohol, that's a lot of money. It adds up quickly. So if you get the extract craft, it it catches that alcohol as it's evaporating. So you get it back. You get back about 80 they say 90%. I don't know about that. 80%, a good that's, 80% of it back. That's, that's great. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. So that's why I bought it. Yeah, it was expensive up front, but it's already paid for itself. I think um, that's what always happens in growing is there's always that hurdle yeah. of like, you know, man, I, I can't wait because the next big thing that I'm going to buy is X. Whatever it is, whatever thing yeah. you're dialing in in your grow or your, your post-harvest, yeah. you know what I mean? There's always something you're looking forward to getting. For me, it's always something that I'm looking forward to it. And then I forget about that and then buy something else. And then I think, whoa, what did I do? I wanted to get that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah with, my, with my uncle, uh, I, I, he's got a lot of uh, cardiac issues. He's got a lot of other issues, diabetes. 
Uh, and then they just got this cancer diagnosis. So he couldn't even go through the chemo they wanted to give him. Uh, they gave him uh, capsules that was, was a little weaker, but it still tore him up. He had to do two weeks of the chemo, one week off so his body could recover from it. Two weeks of chemo, one week off. So they said basically the idea of this wasn't going to cure him any. And they said that the best the best thing that they could hope for was at his one month checkup or two month at his two month checkup they 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 won't have grown any they won't have reduced they won't have any of them gone away but they won't have grown any and that's the best case scenario that they've ever seen on this drug and i said oh that's wonderful i said well here start taking this and i went through the whole process of the rso schedule that rick simpson puts out and um i actually uh bought empty capsules online and gave it to him and a little scale so he squeeze it. I, I put it in the syringes, the RSO, I put it in the syringes so he can just squeeze it out real easy into a capsule and weigh it. And he goes by the weight. So he knows his dosage and he takes that three times a day. Wasn't He's it like uh, 60 grams in 60 days or as quickly as you could get it? I've, it's like years yeah, and, since I've seen that. Yes. And in, in my uncle's case, um, it was hitting him like a truck, even small doses. So he didn't get anywhere near that dose even now. Um, he's about, he might be pushing five months out. So, um, but, um, so he had to go to slower pace, but I just told him, whatever you've done, do that for three days and then try to double it. If it's two months, back it down a little bit, but make sure it's more than what you did. So that's kind of the direction I gave him is that cause he had to take it really slow. And another thing is you have to be real careful with all his other medications. Um, for example, one thing I didn't know, but I, I, I found out real quick was that, um, Cancer is a blood thinner, or not cancer, cancer is a blood thinner. So um, I, I warned them about that, and they've actually backed him down on blood thinners um, because the cannabis is actually, I didn't, now he hasn't told his doctors because he's on uh, public assistance, so he'll lose his Medicare if, um, if he were to test dirty. I did um, not know that. it. You're dropping mad knowledge, dude. I'm, I'm trying to think of all the things that you've said so far that have been little notes for me. <laughs> You said that <laughs> you get 90% return. That was one number we were talking about. The other thing you said was that um, we get 90% yeah. uh, extraction rate within the first, what was the time limit on that? Say hour or 12 hours, I first think you hour. said. Okay. First hour. First hour. Thing, yeah, right. but that's on, but that's on um, the reason I would go longer than an hour is I do want to get a little bit of chlorophyll because there are medical issues there, especially um, for people that I know my uh, uncle's diet is like, <laughs> he's not getting a whole lot of vegetables. I want to give him a little bit of chlorophyll. Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, I was saying that um, I do let him go longer, but I'm, and the reason I go a little bit longer than an hour for sure. And sometimes up to 12 hours is I like it to get a little bit darker because I want to pull some chlorophyll and I'm doing this specifically for my uncle who I know doesn't eat very well. So I know he doesn't get any vegetables to get his greens, no greens. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I, um, I do that in this special case, I actually push it to up to 12 hours to pull some of that. So he gets some of that. Um, I just want to add to his medicine, you know, but I'm happy to say on his first checkup, so that was two months of taking FICO or RSO. Um, the doctors came in and they told them, now before we get this test results, we just want to tell you the best results we've seen is 
nothing has changed. And that's what we're hoping for for you because they couldn't do the strong chemo. They can do the strong poison. So, uh, I, um, so they did the test. They got back all the tumors, all of them. Actually, it was more, uh, more than 50%. It was 52%. All of them reduced in size by 52% after two months. Congratulations. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. The power of the plan. I broke down and cried. I'm not afraid to admit it, man. It, it hit me like a truck. So I was real proud of myself then. <laughs> and that's like what I tell them. Uh, that's another thing is um, I've right now in the last two years, three years, in the last three years, treated three patients that I personally know and dealt with and touched and talked to. <laughs> um, all are now cancer free. And so, hallelujah. yeah. And now I'm, I'm fighting this one with my uncle. Hopefully we'll get him through it. So, Cannabis is medicine. I don't care what anybody says. I've seen it with my own eyes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's you the see something part about growing, man, is helping people with what we know how to do. Like I've personally been able to help people that I know, and their gratitude is so amazing. And obviously, being able to yeah. literally increase somebody's quality of life is incredible. Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head with that because that's the thing I always say to them is the very first time I sit down and meet with people. And I'll, I'll walk them through everything, answer all the questions that I have answers for. If I don't have answers, I try to steer them to where to find them. Um, I'll say, they'll inevitably come up right towards the end of the conversations. They'll look at you kind of sly and be like, so how much is this going to cost me? And I always tell them the same thing. I said, look, if you have cancer, the last thing you got to worry about is paying me. You know, I said, if you want to pay me back, get better. Because that means more to me than any kind of money. And uh, I don't charge for RSO. So, but I don't give out RSO for people for recreational purposes either. They better come to me with a real disease that I believe RSO is the best treatment. And I just give that freely because I think it's ridiculous if you go into any dispensary and look at the price when you can make this stuff at home. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And why I think it's ridiculous is because I've seen the sick people. Yeah, people need that. And, and you're going to charge those people that kind of money? It's just, I'm sorry. I, I, can't, I can't make a profit off somebody being hurt and sick. That is just sickening to me. So that, that's, that's a personal button that gets pushed sometimes <laughs> when people start having uh, big opinions about things. And I'm like, well, how many times have you looked into a dying person's eyes and told them you can't have a medicine that will cure you and take this pain away? You're going to need 40 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, I got that medicine. Here you go. How much money you got, buddy? <laughs> you know, what a sick thing. Yeah. So I you might, really you know, it might only be though. four people for me, but that's four big smiles, you know, that I've had on my, on my face. So, you know, whatever. So I tell me what plants do you have growing right now? What uh, strains are you running in your gardens for your patients? Right. So right now, the way my system runs, I have five keeper strains. So I have five, one, two, three, four, five. Five keeper strains. Actually, I have four on the board for keeper strains, and I have two tester strains. My normal mode of operation is five strains max that I keep in a rotation. Then I always introduce a new strain when I have the time and energy. I introduce a new strain and have everybody try it. And, and um, you know, there's no charge every time I enter a new strain. It's free product. I put it out there. Let them try it. Let me know what you think. First go around for all my patients. You know, they get 
you know, a little bit. <laughs> and then they uh, tell me, okay, I liked, like if I'm doing a pheno hunt, I got five different strains of the new strain. They tell me I liked number three and I liked number two. And I take all that information and we pick a keeper together. And then that keeper has to be better than my five in the rotation. So if it's better than, you know, whatever number it's replacing that, that one's no longer kept. This one takes its rotation. So right now my keepers, I've got Spartan glue, which I said was in my mystery string, cut it off of an outdoor plant, was told it was glue. It's not glue. You can tell what it looks like, but it's frosty. It's beautiful. And I absolutely love that plant <laughs> and everybody loves it. So got to keep her around. And then my other one is uh, med glue. Uh, we call it med glue because I got it from med grower, but it's just GG4. So it's, it's med grower one's cut of GG4. It's beautiful then, too. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then uh, we have Death Star that I picked up. Uh, that was a clone that uh, I picked up from somebody. And that Death Star is just the flavor is so unique. It's just, and it's the, if I, for any situation, if you want to go to sleep, you smoke that Death Star, you're going to go to sleep, at least for most people. I've had a lot of Death Star rosin in my day. I think okay. I've had the one you're talking about. I do. It's got a really funky, distinctive taste that nothing else tastes like, right? Yeah, I'm I'm usually yeah. pretty terrible about explaining a taste, but all I can say is that's like nothing I've smoked before. I can't tell you what that is. I can't tell you what uh, there's nothing I've tasted before. I don't know what that is, but that's Death Star, and I like it. <laughs> and then I got uh, Med Grower's Primal Punch. Uh, I got that as a tester, tested it out for him. Uh, that pheno that we kept, I think, was number three or something. I can't remember now, but it was uh, one of our highest testers. It was a 24 point. That was 24.0. Med said nothing's test. Nobody's posted any evidence of it testing higher yet. So I was pretty stoked about that. And that one's crazy. It smells like a, it does smell like bananas. It, I mean, you'll get that. You have the funkiness, you know, but you get behind that and you smell, you can smell like it does smell like bananas, but it's more like a, a doughiness behind it. Like a, a like a banana bread or, uh, you know, something baked like that. That's what kind of smell you get after about three week cure. It'll start coming through. You can smell it as it's growing too. It's pretty. That sounds pretty, really interesting. It sounds really yeah. yummy. Really unique. Yeah, really, really unique. And then I've got uh, two strains that are kind of being grown to see if we're going to be keeping them or not. And one is a tester from Subcool, and he sent me uh, Blue Cough, which I was super stoked to prop because it was uh, Kyle Cushman's Strawberry Cough yep. crossed with DJ Short's Blueberry. Oh man. Yeah. So it's just like monster genetics coming into it you know and i've grown it once grown it once and we've narrowed it down to two phenos uh i've got another uh round hanging right now and i've got another round of it in my bedroom but uh it's cool because i've read the two phenos we got one that's like uh you really get that blueberry smell to it not blueberry but a sweet berry smell but it's not really a blue it's i don't know there's something funky behind it and then that one's like my favorite to smell that. You just one of those jars, you pop the jar, you smell it, and you just go, oh, you get almost hungry. Sounds like a keeper already. Yeah, that one. And then the one it's going up against is the uh, uh, the number one. And it's actually, it's funny. It's number one and number two fighting, fighting it out. Number one was uh, a shorter squatter plant. So I'm thinking, well, it's going to be blueberry lineage, you know, because it's a more indica kind of dominant where the strawberry cough is more sativa. It should be more stretchy and stuff. This one smelled great as a flower, you know, while it was alive. As soon as you hung it, 
like maybe a week hanging, you start smelling it. And I kid you not, it reminds me of dirty baby diaper. It's oh. just bleh. So, That's my kind uh, of stuff right there. Yeah, oh. but then but then there's a there's an interesting little hint, like tiny suggestion of a blueberry in the background. So blueberry baby shit, whatever. And uh <laughs> That's the other one that's fighting it out, though, because that one would hit you like a Mack truck, it seems. Now, we have to always smoke it for several runs because you always run into that. This, we call it the strange. You smoke the same stuff for a real long time, and then you smoke something strange that has a strange turf that you're not used to. It'll hit you like a Mack truck. But then after, once you get used to it, it doesn't. it's not so strong anymore. So we want the ones that just stay pretty strong. We don't like the ones that kind of fade. So that's why I'm growing the two phenols until we figure it out. But the... The one with it smells the best is my pick right now. But some of the other guys are liking, and, and girls are liking the number one because uh, um, it's super strong. But the number two, it, it's pretty good and it's fairly strong. I still think the one's stronger. But the number two has a great smell and taste, whereas the number one is like, it's a, it's not a terrible taste. The taste is, the taste is fine. It's just nothing special to me. Like it doesn't stand out. But the uh, smell is like, whoa. Like, I don't even want to smell it. <laughs> it's like, what? And it grows real. Like, when people say to you, what's a, what do you picture when you picture an indica? What do you picture when you picture a sativa? You like an indica, in my mind, is a short, stout plant with huge, chunky, fat colas. And that's what that one is. I mean, it just, it's like to an extreme. Like, it's super short. It doesn't hardly stretch at all in flower at all. Stays green. It hardly ever eats. It's like, I could flush like it. Skywalker. I could flush it forever and it would never fade. But if you look at the trichomes, it's ready. It's weird to me to cut down a plant that's still green because as an organic grower, I want to make sure it's flushed out. Um, when I say flushed out, I'm not talking like salt growers flush out, you know, the, the salt flushing the salts out of the medium. No, you want the plant to yellow the, naturally. Yeah. I want the plant to use up all its, its stored nutrients and I want it that way. It makes a smoother smoke at the end. That's one of my biggest um, things that people will say to me when they try my stuff is like, for one, they like the flavor. And for two, they um, will comment on its smoothness. Like, wow, that's smooth. You know, I'm like, well, that's because I give it water, <laughs> just water, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's all my strains. And and, and my grow is, is fairly easy. Um, I use sip containers. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It just stands for sub irrigated planner. So like, if you go really far back, maybe a little ways on my Instagram, you'll see, I think I did a post that gives you good pictures of the different stages of the sip container. But basically you have a, think of a large pot that holds about what a 10 gallon pot would hold. It holds just over a cubic foot of soil. Okay. It has a, um, a reservoir on the bottom underneath where the soil goes. So, when you look at the pot when it's empty with no soil in it, it just has a grate that's elevated off the floor of the pot. So the soil sits on that grate. It doesn't fall through. Okay. And there's a tube on the side that runs up the side through all the soil and into the bottom. And so that's how you could water through that tube into the, okay. and, and uh, fill up the thing. And then it has overflows. So if you put too much water in, it'll just spill out, you know, and you could just put a, little thing to catch the water or whatever, but I've altered my way. So I know that each planter, if I put a gallon and a half in when they're empty, how would I know when they're empty? I just look down that tube with a little flashlight, 
look down when the reservoir is empty, I know that that can hold a gallon and a half of water without spilling out the holes. So my watering, I hand water. So what I do is I just look down tubes that are going through each one of my pots with a flashlight. If I see the bare ground, or not the bare ground, but the bottom of the pot and no water, I give it a gallon and a half of water. If it doesn't, if I see water in there, I don't water it. I let it, it, I let it use all its water before I fill it again. The reasoning is, is you don't want to make it anaerobic. You push all the air out. If you put all the water in there and you keep filling all that water in there, you're making an anaerobic thing. Now, I can't remember who it was I was talking to earlier. They said they use EM1. Um, if you use EM1, you could fill it up every time because EM1 is going to keep all that bad, uh, it's going to consume all that uh, bad bacteria that would uh, start forming in the anaerobic environment. So that and your Brokashi, I think you said you were using on the tops. Yeah, the EM1 is yeah. the uh, lactobacillus, I think is what that yep. is, right? Yep, yeah. yep. 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 There's a good cheap trick to that too. If you buy this stuff, it's like really expensive. Go online. In fact, you can go watch a uh, Pedro's Grow Room did a video on how to stretch it and expand it. Yeah, he called it activate it. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. I seen there's like yep. a couple of videos on it. They were really good. And yeah, I, uh, used the, I used the product, and and um, I didn't see a benefit. I didn't see a detriment, but I didn't see a benefit, so I stopped buying it. So there you go. You can make it cheaper anyway. Right. But I'm not saying it's not a beneficial thing. I'm saying in my system and the way that I used it, you don't it have didn't a benefit me. I think because I think it's because the way that I water, because I never give it a chance to be an anaerobic environment to begin with, if I can help that. So um Okay. Well I'm let's go back into anaerobic problem, but that was that it would solve. So you so you're putting out something that solves an anaerobic problem that I didn't have. So I'm not saying that it's not going to solve an anaerobic problem. I'm saying I didn't see a benefit because I didn't run into the problem that needed that solution, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So speaking as an organic grower to another one, what do you feel is one of your most bang for your buck additives? What do you swear by that you add and tell other people to add to their mix? Recharge. Which is just a combination of other down to earth or other brands like Langbonite and Calcium. My DGC, the DGC hat I'm wearing right now, Dude Grows Crew, Scotty Real, it's his product. It's a micro product. It's an amino acid. It's an enzyme. It's got seaweed in it. Yeah, seaweed yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's kind of like a boogie brew sort of thing in the sense of it's already a pre-mixed deal. You're not measuring it out yourself. You're, it's already pre-mixed with all these other ingredients. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of like an all-in-one shot of, yeah. of additives. With microbes, you have two, you have two main ones. You get your, your fungal and you got your bacterial, right? So as an organic grower, have you read uh, Teaming with Microbes? I haven't, I haven't gotten through it yet. Okay, I would recommend that book above all others for an inter a great introduction to, it's not gonna tell you how to grow, it's gonna tell you why you do what you do in a grow, and that's what I've always right. been looking for. It's the process, because it explains the cycling, right? Yeah, because if I walked into your room and I saw those boxes, I could, I could guess, what I would use some of those products for, but I couldn't stand there and tell you every one of those products, what that would be used for organically. Because the way I grow is I, I buy a pre-mixed um, soil. So basically I have a start that I know it's a water only soil. So I don't know if you've heard of the, I originally was using for the longest time, Great Lakes water only soil. It's this huge long name. The, the guy who runs it is awesome. I met him at a, uh, one of the growth shops and talked to him about his soil. But he's from Detroit. Um, but I think he lives up in Grass Lake now. 
anyhow, he made an all-in-one soap. Basically, what he says is you can put this into like a 10-gallon pot, put your plant in it, just give it water the whole cycle. You don't have to put any more additives. And I it's did super it soil. Yeah, it's like a but super soil is a little different because super soil you layer. Super soil you put it at the bottom of the pot and then you put like a roots organics or a, a base mix on top that's less charged. And super soil is kind of hot on its own. That's why you have to do that. So it's not the lasagna super tech. soil. This water only soil is you literally pour it out of the bag, put it into the pot, put your plant in, water it. That's all you do. So what is Pretty different about layering. it? It's just a. It's, it's like aged. the perfect. It's a perfect blend. It's a perfect organic blend to not run out of nutrients by the end on most plants. You know, you can't get perfect. Right. Uh, without added nutrients. It's basically how they've, it is a big mix. It's basically what you're doing, making your own soil. They just, they're just doing it and putting it in a bag and selling it to me. Right. Which so, that could be um, cost effective for some people. It's something you have yeah. to look at for your own individual for, garden. For me, it's a time. It's a time. How much is my time worth? You know? How much is my time worth? Um, because, like I said, I got a full-time job. I'm working three days a week, 12 hours a day on that job. I, I do. I have to grow, you know, so I do that. Um, and trimming, you know, all the other stuff is done by me, hand trim. <laughs> and uh, um, and then I have this part-time job. So, I, And then my, my son's still in high school. So I have a lot of stuff going on and running around. So at some point, yeah, that's that's kind of like a, a time saver thing for me. And then I don't reuse the soil to grow cannabis, but I do throw it in a pile out in the backyard. And then that soil is used to make raised beds to grow vegetables. in. so I am reusing it. So I pat myself on the back for that, but I am not doing what I'd love to do. I am drooling jealous over your bed. Like that's where I want to get to. Dude, I'm not there yet. I got to sat nice. down the life a little bit, but I'd like to get to that point with a blue mat or blue mat watering system, or even how you got yours done. That is just like genius. Like I'm like, wow, I can do that yeah, fairly my, with easy things. I can just go to the hardware store and get right. And just so yeah, I can yeah, explain yeah. this real quick, because I haven't shown it on the air. Um, I always talk about these four by eight beds that I have. And so as a way, like I said, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just kind of winging it here. So what I did is I've, I've had a lot of ProMix that I have aged for a long time, and it was aged indoors, so it's not like I introduced anything else to it. They were kept in totes for a long time. And right. so I filled my beds with that and a combination of the very large lava rocks that you can get at like a garden center, several bags of that. And I found out today from Spartan Grown that I did it absolutely wrong. I mixed mine again <laughs> completely into the bed for like aeration, whereas what I should have done had I not been a dumbass, is I would have put those on the bottom of the the bed first. So hey, live and learn. But I already have plants established in it, so good point. But yeah, so I mean, what I did is I took a tote and I took it and I had a bulkhead that I bought at Lowe's. It's like seven oh, yeah. Drill a hole through the side of this thing, screw it in, make sure you put it together the right way so it doesn't leak. That comes off into a small hose piece. It's an extension. It's like one of those little five foot dealios you can get. That goes into a Y splitter like you have for a garden house that has the two little shutoff valves on it. And then I had a 50 foot long length of uh, the dripper hose that you can get for like 20 bucks. I cut that in half. I bought some extra pieces so that I had two uh, appropriate ends on both sides so I could screw it into the Y fitting. I capped off the other cut, end of it. When you cut that in half, did you have to cap the end with something? or? Yes, I had, because I have a lot of extra PVC pieces and stuff, so I just shoved it in the end of it, and I was like, that's ah, good enough. So everything works the right way. And I made sure that I pitched 
the tote, which is elevated above the height of the bed so that it will actually be a gravity fit. Um, you can adjust the, the flow rate too. Like if it's coming out too fast, you can turn the little dials on the splitter. So it's, oh, it's, yeah. ghetto. The flow, it's yeah, ghetto. The flow you know, yeah, it's, it's ghetto, but it seems like it's working and you know, proof of awesome. my shit's really green right now. So I'm really happy. And when you had talked about, you don't like harvesting when your plant is still green. It's funny because mm -hmm. I've wondered about that. I'm like, you know, I haven't really, I've done super soil and stuff before, but uh, mm -hmm. I still don't have the right mix down yet. So we're talking about pre-mixed things. I tell you I like what, I tell you what. I got to get my mix you right, you know. And and like I said, well, you're talking about your situation. The only thing I would have done differently was I would have put the lava rocks at the bottom, but then you'd have to get something to replace the lava rocks in your mix too, because it's still important to get the aeration in your mix. Right. But the point of the lava rocks at the bottom of your at the bottom of your tub is is that your water is going to sit there eventually. Um, and but when you get those lava rocks, it elevate it'll elevate to allow more air in there, so the soil doesn't pack between the rocks. And um, you you'll get roots to go down in there, and it'll be like my sips systems. The roots can grow; it'll actually grow like a special kind of root, like in a deep water culture, where it can sit in water all the time. Right. Um, and so with those rocks down there, it just gives us something to latch onto and hold onto. And it, but it'll give you that airspace. So you're not getting the uh, anaerobic conditions. But even if you were getting anaerobic conditions, if you're watering it with lactobacillus or EM1, that should be helping you out there. And yeah, then you it, start getting worms in there, then you're really starting to not have to do a whole lot of work. You're getting a lot of helpers. Yeah, I bought some worms and I can't find the container of what they were. They were the oh, regular here. Yeah, the, uh, these are live red worms, and it's great for composting soil aeration. It's what they had available at my grocery store. It was like 15 bucks. Um, it says packet contains 300 worms in various stages, eggs to adult, release two to th three worms per square foot. I dumped the whole fucking thing in the bed. Oh, yeah. But the best what, Another awesome thing about worms is that they'll self-regulate. Yes. So if they get too popular, they'll just stop reproducing because they're hermaphrodites. They can... They can make themselves pregnant well so, and a fun fact is yeah. that with the worms the sequence is always on about being clean in your grow room and picking up all of your dead leaves and things and i've always bit the inside of my cheek and now is my chance to play my joker card yeah. <laughs> the worms let me do it what? so what i have to do is i have to make sure that the worms are getting you know, some kind of food too so all of my sticks and all of my twigs and stuff from my previous grows get put in there i break them all up Thanks to Abolish for that tip on that. See, there's another program that y'all got to check out if you don't know what I'm talking about. What was awesome? Awesome. I, I know what you're talking about. I, I, I yeah. What's awesome was the first two episodes you guys had, I already knew the people. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. I was like, oh, yeah. Abolish Farms. I knew him just from Instagram. I follow him. And then uh, Eagle Gardens, I actually met him. I met him at Hash Bash, I don't know, it was two or three years ago, and was talking to him about uh, my interest in CBD, uh, CBD yep. plant. And uh, he, uh, he's big on that, man. Um, yeah, he, he suggested uh, Pennywise, and uh, I ended up running that, and I've just eliminated it from my garden. I had that for two years. I ran Pennywise, so yeah. but I got a CBD diesel plant now in testing. If it gets me some good CBD numbers, I'm looking for a one to one ratio. That seems to be all these studies that come out with like three. The most effective dose is um, the entourage effect of both of them at the equal ratio. So the closest you can get to the doesn't matter the percentage, you know, five percent, ten percent, twenty percent, doesn't matter as long as they're equal. So if I'm you can get a, the same thing, one to one CBD. 
Yep. So did you yeah, have your Pennywise tested since you do do testings? Yeah, I didn't. I my the phenos that the pheno that I got of uh, Pennywise didn't test for CBD. It only had THC, and it was a lower testing. Do I still have it? Not. Yeah, I still have it at fourteen point nine percent. Okay. So, um, it was still medicinal. Like it, it, uh, it still was good for um, like muscle pain kind of stuff. But being that it was so, <laughs> I know I think fourteen percent is weak, but uh, people never never were interested in it. So, you can't keep one for Yeah. No, yeah. So if, if they're not, but if, if they don't want that, then that's telling me that it's not as good medicine as the next one. So why keep that one? Yep. But the CB, CB diesel is getting fairly close to harvesting now. I don't know if you saw my post. I put one up a while ago about. That is the conclusion of part one of our interview with Spartan Grown. Stay tuned tomorrow for part two, which will be also just over an hour. Thank you for listening.